0: You're listening to Pixels and Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel, written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 16 I don't believe it, Annabelle said when they'd gone over to Monty's after the meeting. But here, look, Dex said, trying to keep the wounded feeling from coming out in his voice. He spread the chart out on the table, momentarily making their drinks disappear. "'The pattern is really clear. I just... it can't possibly be a coincidence. Not in all these different places.' "'Sorry,' Annabel said. "'I didn't mean that I don't believe you. I'm sure you're right. What I mean is,' she gestured vaguely as if trying to draw her thoughts in the air. "'What the fuck? Who is doing this?' "'Oh,' Dex recalibrated his emotions. Of course that was what she meant. "'I don't know. That's the big question, right?' Even if there's only a couple of people involved in each area, this still seems like the kind of operation that would be tough to hide. If I were out there, sticking it to the man like this, I'd have a hard time keeping that to myself. And I'm probably better at keeping a secret than the next person. Annabelle nodded. Not that you'd do something like this, she said. Aside from the moral issues, the ROI seems terrible. Huh? The return on investment. This is a lot of effort. The travel alone costs both money and time. This chart only works if the people involved are doing this as their full-time gig, and it's not like they are repaying their costs with stolen goods. So they have a benefactor, maybe? There are more than a few independent business owners out there. Maybe one of them took it into their head to finance a minor coup. He was thinking of Stella Bish, though he doubted this was in her wheelhouse. Annabelle obviously had the same thought. "'I don't think this is the work of anyone we know,' she said. "'And again, I have to ask, what's the ROI? "'What are these attacks really accomplishing?' "'I checked, and it's not like either Vertisales or Empire seems to really be hurt by this. "'They both have so many subsidiaries and business lines "'that whoever is doing this would have to firebomb all the quickstops in the world before it made a dent.' "'I hope it doesn't come to that,' Dex said. "'Besides, it's not like there haven't been any real-world consequences.' He described what had happened with Lisa. I'm convinced all those new streeters are no coincidence. The storefront attacks might not be hurting people directly, but they aren't benign either. That's why we have to find out who is doing this and get them to stop. There's no reason to believe that that's where this is heading. De Gaulle was awful, but it was an accident, and there hasn't been anything else that was dangerous to life or limb. It's all been property damage so far. Hang on, Dex said. Something has been bothering me since we found out about Vertisales. I know that name. I'm sure I've heard it somewhere before. He ran a search on the news site, something he probably should have done long ago. It didn't take long to find it. Jesus Christ. I read this about the time of the De Gaulle explosion, but I didn't connect it. There was an industrial accident in Samerica. Four people were hurt when scaffolding failed at a Vertisales construction site. "'What are the odds that it was sabotage?' Annabelle asked. "'Not zero, that's for fucking sure. "'These people have to be stopped, Annabelle, "'before Lennox Sessa becomes just one name among many.' Annabelle nodded gravely and had the rendering system clean up their table. A fresh drink materialized before her and she picked up the glass. "'So how are we going to find them?' Dex sighed and lit a cigarette. He blew a plume of blue smoke toward the ceiling. That's what I was hoping you'd be able to tell me. The next morning, Dex didn't even bother linking into M City. He parked himself in the closet office and banged out a virtual pile of communications. He'd been part of the physical distribution network when they had disseminated the code to help keep M City open, and had met dozens of people throughout Europa who were concerned about the firm's consolidating power. It had felt like something out of a historical spy vid, all code names and cloak and dagger passphrases. Once the secure system had been set up, though, the need for secret handshakes was over. A few of the people Dex had met had messaged him to thank him for his work, so he had contact information for them. He scrounged through his system looking for those details now. He found it difficult to word a message, essentially asking if they knew of anyone who might be part of a secret organization bent on wreaking destruction. He tried a version that made it sound like he wanted to join up, but it felt wrong. He settled on a just-the-facts-style query. He knew there was a good chance he was tipping his hand. If any of his contacts were part of the group, they would know that someone was on to them and switched up their tactics. To a certain extent, Dex was fine with that if it meant they quit their attacks. He had no strong desire to see them face the consequences of their actions. He simply wanted the collateral damage to stop. With that done, he logged into the M-City squad board. Larson had offered to host the files for this case, ironically, since his was the only jurisdiction unaffected, but that meant that none of the other squads held precedence. Generally, there wasn't much squabbling or jurisdictional wrangling, but it wasn't unheard of. This solution put a stop to that before it could begin. As much as Dex still couldn't find it in his heart to like Mac Larson, he had to admit that the man was good at his job. He paged around the case file and perused the rest of the team's efforts so far. They'd covered a lot of ground in a short time. That was one of the advantages of having a lot of people involved. Dex wasn't the only one with underworld contacts, and a metric flurry of messages had been sent. The few vid records that existed of the attacks were being analyzed and the analyzes reanalyzed. Half a dozen theories were posited. It looked great on the surface, but as Dex dug deeper... It was pretty much a load of sound and fury. Well, it was only day one. Dex refocused on the physical world, stood and stretched. He left the office and padded to the chiller drawer, trying not to disturb Annabel. She looked so intent on her work that he bet he could have brought his band through here and she wouldn't have noticed. The thought gave him pause. It had been months since he and his band Chemical Celeste had played a gig, He wondered if it was even reasonable to call them his band anymore. They'd taken a break when he moved, and a couple of the other members had work things going on, and then they'd just never reconnected. This was how it happened, Dex knew. This was how people lost contact, how friendships faded away. He was no stranger to this behavior, but it wasn't the way he wanted to be anymore. He grabbed a bottle of water from the chiller and a bag of snacks, then went back to the closet office. He thought about all the people he considered friends, but who he hadn't talked to recently. His oldest friend Max lived half a world away, but that was no impediment when there was M-City. Max's daughter Andrea lived in Dex's own building, but they'd lost touch after the M-City crisis was over. Even Zizou's visit to his office had been a surprise, and since then, it had been all business. Dex wasn't worried that he was returning to the bad old days of being sad and alone, but he had gone back to some bad habits. This was a good opportunity to reach out to those people. He spent the next two hours sending messages and having chat sessions. By the time he was done, he'd booked a rehearsal for Chemical Celeste, made a date with Max to get together in Am City, and obtained several promises to let him know if anyone heard about rogue vigilantes. It felt productive, but it also felt good. He logged back into the AmCity squad board on the off chance that someone had turned up something new when he noticed a flag from his system. It was low priority, and associated with another case, which was why he hadn't seen it until now. He paged over, and saw that it was the result of the scan he'd done for chatter about blockchain. For a second he couldn't even place the name, then remembered that he still technically had an open case, Izzy Markula. Most of the talk was marketing bullshit, so he had his system hide those. The rest were mainly glowing testimonials from happy customers, which surprised Dex until he saw the dates. They were all several years old. He reordered the data by most recent, and the tenor of the posts changed rapidly. He scanned the complaints until he came across an article that didn't immediately seem to apply here. It was an in-depth analysis of a firm called Endurance, and from the stub, Dex figured that the analysis was not favorable. He wondered why this post had been flagged, so he paged over and began to read. Around the time that blockchain's reputation began to tank, it had been acquired by Endurance, which was no coincidence. Apparently, Endurance's business model was simple – acquire smaller companies in the data block hosting business, and then run them into the ground. It appeared to have a double-edged purpose. Every small player that was acquired by Endurance further consolidated their position in the hosting market, and many prepaid customers became so frustrated with the poor performance of their hosting once it was under the Endurance umbrella that they abandoned their contracts. It was money left lying on the table that Endurance was happy to scoop up as they went by. Sure, these were small sums, but thousands of small sums added up to a tidy profit, especially when the overhead was essentially zero. Well, this was a hollow victory. It wasn't even a victory at all, really, except that Dex had solved the mystery. Of course, it wasn't even really much of a mystery that some companies treated their customers like shit. He felt a brief moment of kinship toward the storefront vigilantes, then tamped down that feeling. He filled out his report for the Mercula case, then sent her his findings along with a recommendation to try fighting for a refund. He wondered if a company whose basic strategy was to screw customers out of what was, for them, small change, would bother to work too hard to avoid paying a refund. As Annabelle would put it, the return on investment would start to go down the more effort they'd have to put in to keep the cash. Well, it was worth a shot, anyway. Annabelle was still light years away, so Dex grabbed a quick shower and changed, then headed out of the apartment. He had nowhere to be but it was good to feel the sunlight on his skin and get his legs moving. He aimed himself in the opposite direction from his usual haunts and walked toward the business district. As he got closer, the architecture changed from the unique structures that characterized this Mediterranean city and began to look more like what he'd been accustomed to back in America. Here were the tall, plastic-glass and chrome office blocks of the global firms. Dex had spent a few decades working in offices that could be printed copies of these buildings. He watched as individuals in matching uniforms entered and exited one of the towers, rotating shifts kept a staff on at all times. It was a sight as common as dirt. More common, really, if you meant dirt as in soil as opposed to dirt as in dust. From his perspective now, they reminded him of the bots who had shown him the disk blocks for sale. Their functions were clearly defined, monitored, and evaluated. Thanks to their employer-provided uniforms and employer-provided nutritional supplements, they even all looked pretty much the same. Did no one notice how odd it all was? Now that he was out of the system, it was easy for Dex to look at these people with their mundane work and little room for potential advancement, and think that it was an oppressive regime. But he remembered his own days of shift work. The normalcy that came with living a life that was a copy of everyone you knew. Work, home, inexpensive passive entertainment, sleep, repeat. The very definition of a normal life. But why did it have to be that way? You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh by M. Derusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson-Dexter books, visit darusha.ca.